This is the Cross Border Interview Podcast with Tony Din. Welcome back to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown, your host, and today we are sitting down with our very first candidate from the ward we actually are residing in, Ward 10. And he's given us the thumbs up. He came in, sat down in studio. Tony Din, the candidate for Ward 10. Thank you so much for doing this, Tony. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up in Whitehorn, so it's this is like home to me here. Awesome. Uh, as if you've listened to the show before, you probably know the exact first question that I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where's your sense of duty to serve come from? <sighs> sense of duty to serve. Yeah, that's a good question. So, <clears throat> you know, like my family, they immigrated here from a war-torn country, Vietnam. And my parents were really fortunate that they can make it here because I know my family back at home, they, you know, there's not a lot of opportunity. Life is just how it is there. And so my parents are really um, fortunate that we're here. And they always raised me that we're here for a future for you guys, for my siblings, you know, my two older brothers, my older sister, I'm the youngest. And so I was always raised that, you know, this is, we're here for you guys, for a future for you guys. And so... You know, just with that sentiment, I'm like, okay, like, okay, so you want a future for us. And, you know, now that I've grown up, um, you know, I'm a man now, I just had a daughter, she's turning two. And <clears throat> it's it's about community for me now. And, um, you know, I just, I just, I was raised that, you know, we're an opportunity and I feel that I'm very fortunate. And now I can actually make an impact to the community. And, you know, a lot of it is, um, you know, just to show my daughter that, um, you know, who her father is. Uh, make it a good example and really um, Northeast Calgary has been really you know um, very generous to to us a lot of um, you know a lot of Vietnamese people a lot of very ethnic multicultural and really accepting and so being born and raised in Northeast Calgary Whitehorn specifically and then we moved to Monterey Park um, I see there's a there's a sense of um, you know where I'm at right now is a sense of service and, um, you know, wanted to inspire people to take an active role in the democratic process. And it's just what enlivens me right now. So I got to ask the question to follow up on that. You can give back in many different ways. You can do, do nonprofit organizations. You can give back by volunteering your time and service. But you've chosen the political route. Before I ask the first question, I'm going to ask this sort of small question. Was your family political? Not at all. Not at all. There okay. Was no, there was nothing indicating that I would go into politics. So the question then has to be, why get involved now? What in 2021 made you think to yourself? I know you talked about your daughter, but I want to know what is it about Ward 10 right now, the city of Calgary, that you says, you know what? My voice is needed at that council chamber because I want to make sure this is done or this is done. Yeah, totally. You know, when you look at, Calgary and then you look at Ward 10 specifically a lot of people feel that nothing changes in Ward 10 it's the status quo and I grew up here and you know the communities were newer when I lived here and I watched them you know over a couple decades attended decay and really it needs Ward 10 needs the attention it needs um, it's a fair share um, to have it you know be taken care of and now that our city council retired we have uh, an opportunity for some strong young leadership right now. And 
And right now it's just a really pivotal place in, uh, you know, Calgary's history uh, with a lot of shakeup in, in city council. And so I just seen that, you know, I looked at what I'm doing already and we're, we're, I, I'm already impacting communities. We're revitalizing streets. And so we're already contributing to neighbor, uh, people through quality architecture and design. And I just looked, I have a legitimate resume. I'm, I'm, I have a credible resume and it's already what I'm doing. And now I can really serve people on a bigger platform as city councilor. We are in a very unique time. Like you said, we've had the same incumbent Ward 10 councillor for some time. He has he resigned early last year. Uh, this is a vacant seat. Um, we have a very diverse amount of people running for this uh, ward. What makes you stand out? Let's talk about that resume that you were just talking about. And I'm looking at your brochure that you've brought in. It says, I want to talk about these six things that you've put on there. Accountable. Builder, entrepreneur, collaborator, inspirational, problem solver, and visionary. What are those six words, keywords, or seven, because there's a few extra words there, but what are those six points and why are they so important for Ward 10 right now to have someone with those with those key attributes? Yeah, you bet. So these are principles, uh, values that I have. And so what makes me stand out? Um, you know, being born and raised, and I know, like, being born and raised in these communities is one thing. People connect that, like, oh, got it. You, you're you here. You've been here for a long time. You understand this, the, you know, the struggles that others have. But also having that cultural lens uh, helps also because it's very multicultural. So I connect with many people on many different levels. And the thing is that I have a credible track record, you know, a history. And so... Things I live by is being accountable. You know, if you say something, follow through in your words. And that's that's really a big thing for me is keeping the integrity. And I believe we need transparency in City Hall. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I want to I pick up on that. Sorry. And I, I didn't, don't want to interrupt you because I want you to lead the conversation. But you talk to people in Ward 10 my neighbors, my family members, and I, I think I have a semi-pulse on the neighborhood that is this area. And the one thing that you hear from people in Ward 10 is integrity. We want someone who's actually going to stand up and actually listen to A, the, us, when we elect you, but B, don't bring the voice of City Hall to our ward, but bring the ward's voice to City Hall. How are you going to do that? How are you going to ensure that people are heard? Your integrity is one thing, but the integrity to actually do the job and represent the people is another. So how do you envision your integrity to be that voice at City Hall for the people of Ward 10? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. So we spent a lot of time listening, talking to people, engaging them, allow them to be heard. A lot of people feel that they haven't been heard. They actually feel that... There's a bit of resignation. They feel that even if they say something, nothing happens. You know, and, and so what I say is that I represent the underrepresented. And that's the people that have felt a bit of, you know, a little defeat. And they they just want something to happen. They want something to change. They want someone to actually represent us and then actually make change. And right now I feel like we, we need some strong young leadership right now that... Um, you know, it's like, you know, like I said, I, I think sensitive to the cultures and still has the roots here. Um, 
and you know, I have, uh, we grew, my, we grew up in an entrepreneurial business. Um, my parents had a, a business, so I understand that. And my dad, you know, he was a farmer in Vietnam, you know, our family farmers. So <clears throat> I would say that I'm a hardworking businessman because that's how my dad raised me. Uh, hard work, hard work. He worked two jobs all the time. So, you know, a lot of the people here are hardworking and they're, um, you know, they're fortunate. They feel fortunate to be here to be in Canada. And so, you know, having that relatedness and people that have been here for a long time because I've been here my whole life. So just talking to them, engage them. And then actually, what do you guys, what do we want? And how can I be of service right now? And I feel like we have a, a blank slate that I can do whatever the community wants. I can get it done basically. So I want to talk about that because that brings up sort of a big uh, line of questioning here is, any candidate worth their dime is canvassing right now. They're trying to talk to as many people as possible before election day on October 20th, 20, 18th, 20th, 18th, 18th. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> October 18th. Please, 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 please go ahead. October 18th or advance vote, not October 20th. You'll miss the voting day. There you go. What are you hearing, though? What are the people of Ward 10 telling you that needs to be done? Because you probably have a slate of ideas that you want to bring to council, but at the end of the day, you also have to listen to the people's voice. So what are the people of Ward 10 telling you that needs to be changed or fixed at City Hall to better help them and move forward? Right. So a lot of people are concerned with, you know, there's a lot of drug use right here in Ward 10. So they are concerned about the streets, making sure they're safe. A lot of people are also concerned with um, their livelihood, you know, jobs. Uh, I would say that's probably the number one is, is they want to get back to work. They, a lot of them entrepreneurs, but also, um, you know, they, they just want to get back to work. They want to provide, you know, they want to get back um, to their livelihood. But, <clears throat> you know, I think one of the biggest issues is also the mental health that people, you know, just not having that income, it, it, it wears on people. Uh, the sense of security and and I think really that's one of the things that we need to address is the mental health uh, which is the short term which is the immediate and and what that really does is it deals with the long term and so Ward 10 you know we're we're a hard-working group and we got hit by a pandemic and a COVID and you know what it's okay but you know let's it happened you know it happened and let's we're going to deal with it and then we're going to continue and 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 move on with our lives and and build back stronger i i want to talk about COVID 19 for a second because you brought it up and before we go back to these uh these topics that you've mentioned are what you're hearing at the door but COVID 19 has shone a light into this city and people who are struggling the hardest we are hopefully knock on wood in the recovery stages of this i know there's word that there we are in the fourth wave but i want to always have the bright side and say that we are in the recovery stages how do you envision working with 15 other 14 other people to ensure everyone gets a fair shot at recovery from this pandemic there are people who are losing their houses there are people one paycheck away and you talked about that about mental health one paycheck away from losing their house, losing their uh, roof over their head, being out on the streets. How do you ensure that the city 
gives everyone a fair shot at recovery and how do you envision doing that for such a diverse community as such a diverse ward like ward 10 yeah good question so you know i would say that we need to have a business friendly environment we need to get the businesses back and going back at work um you know small businesses the heartbeat of the economy and you know getting people back to work having a business friendly economy even attracting talent attracting tech attracting more film that's already growing these are all really diverse uh, economies that <clears throat> we can grow um, but really the main thing I think is you know getting people back to work and uh, having a business friendly environment and um, yeah but is there because when you talk to when I talk to my neighbors and I, I'm just talking about my one neighbor that I've literally every time I go out to take the garbage out, we have that morning eight o'clock in the morning conversation about how is everything going? How's that? And the one thing he talks about is taxes, taxes and services, because some people might find that for what we're paying, the services aren't there or they can't tell you what type of services they're getting for their tax dollars. So how do you envision better communicating Okay, yes, we do have we all have to pay taxes. People are sometimes okay with paying taxes as long as the services that are provided for those tax dollars are going to be used in an appropriate fashion. How do you envision telling people, okay, yes, we're going to potentially have a 0.1% increase or 0% increase. Your service levels aren't going to be cut though. Right. Yeah, and and so what you're talking about is a lot of what your neighbors are saying, a lot of people in Ward 10. That so most people they don't mind paying the taxes yeah as long as they get the services that are promised to them exactly right and so that's fine obviously people don't like to increase their taxes and i don't want to do that also i wouldn't want that i would actually propose a tax freeze and so what i would say to the people is that you know i get they want low taxes and the thing is that if we look at it all over canada you know, we are just catching up to what major, all the other major municipalities that our, our taxes are actually <clears throat> just catching up. So we are actually, we've, we've lived in a very low tax environment and that's what the people like and that's what they've spoken and we're just catching up. So I think letting them know that, you know, you're not, you, you know, the, you're not getting the, the sheet over pulled over your head. Yeah. Uh, you, we are catching up, but the people have talked they want low, low taxes. So you know, I would really encourage to keep them low and and uh, let's get the spending in check. Um, you, you talked about drug use um, before I moved to this area. I'm relatively new. And if anyone's listened to the show, they know that I moved from uh, northern Alberta to here mm-hmm. to in, almost three years ago. Uh, and the one thing I did before I moved here was I researched because I think everyone should research before they move into a location. I researched the neighborhood, the, the crime statistics, because I wanted to know if I was moving into a safe neighborhood. And, I, and, I, and it's relatively safe. Like, we don't have that much crime in the street. Yes, okay, we have the occasional one or two off, but it's not bad. But the one thing I did notice was the drug use. The drug use in this uh, ward and in particular Ward 5, Ward 10 is quite high. We have gang issues in this area as well. How do we combat that to make people feel safe? Because while we try to feel safe, there's always that hesitation to look over your shoulder and say, okay, there's something happening. Because you look at the news, 
and I'm not dissing the mainstream media here at all, but news story after news story is, hey, there was a gun shootout in this location. There was a stabbing in this location. And you look at it, it's usually Ward 5 or Ward 10. How do you change that narrative so people feel safe in their neighborhood and we combat drug use? Yeah, that's a good question, you know, and I think it's, you know, a multi-process step to do deal with. I would say, you know, number one, we got to deal with people and their mental health, um, <clears throat> but also dealing with the addictions, you know, actually get them cured. You know, I, I from what I hear, the system, it's not working. It, it's kind of like a revolving door. They kind of get in and then they're, you know, they're kind of out in the same environment and, and so it just it just keeps happening over. So the system's not right. It's not curing them. And so, you know, I think uh, from what I've, people I've talked to, experts, they've said, you know, the system needs work. So I think possibly allocating some resources towards getting people cured so that it's not, you know, continually happening. Um, number two, you know, what I've heard from what is really working and it was working and actually to say stopped that but people you know police officers on the bikes and i heard that was a very effective program it was it, it deterred a lot of people from you know crime and and less drug you know usage and uh and that type of activity because there's actual people on the ground and you know on a in a vehicle a patrol car you know i get it like you know they're patrolling but um you know if you're going 30 40 kilometers it's a little bit different than on a bike that's going maybe 10 15 and you're spending a little bit more time on the streets and and people you you have more i think you have a little more visibility on what's going on on the streets and it was a really effective program from what i've heard and i would think that we could continue that and that would actually help with people feeling safer because if something happened, you know, they can get on a bike versus, you know, the patrol car drives by and they didn't see behind them. Right. And so there's just a little more visibility. And, and I think that would help uh, have others, you know, second guess doing crime or not, because there's someone that can, you know, hop off bike and tackle them or, you know, deal with any sort of crime. I want to talk about you as the next counselor for Ward 10. If you were elected, uh, I guarantee you, you will not get, depending on how many candidates actually come out, let's say there's eight right now, you will not get eight votes. So guaranteed you're not going to get 100% of the vote on election day because you have other candidates running against you. How do you envision working for the all people and not just for the people who have voted for you? So how would I work for all the people? You know, I think it's, you know, keeping in mind what's best for Ward 10, you know, for the betterment of it. Um, you know, like I said, I've been here for decades. <laughs> so it's just interesting that, you know, where I grew up, you know, the home that we lived in, the parks that we lived in, there's different people there. There's new immigrants. And it's the same streets, it's the same parks, it's just the different people. Mm-hmm. And so... I've watched that, you know, the evolution of, you know, the different people coming to the communities. And so really what's the best for the community? And, and what I've heard is a lot of it's the safety, a lot of it's, you know, having some of the money reinvested back in our communities. You know, the, the councilors previous, they did a good job with all the parks that we have. And some would like to see the enhanced park. So more benches, maybe shelter from you know, so gazebos or whatnot from sunshine or rain so that people can really enjoy what we have existing. 
And, and another good point is actually a lot of people do, you know, like I said, there is a lot of immigrants here and they, and they want to bring their families here. They want them to have a future also. And so there's, they want some support in, you know, even though we're the most livable city in North America, that's the, you know, what we've gotten, it, it can be a challenge to integrate in these cities. You know, if you don't have family or, you know, if you don't have family, it could be tough. And so a lot of that is the support there. I would say for Ward 10, that's a good chunk of what people want. Um, but really, I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, safe streets and, you know, the betterment of the of the communities and, and the wards. And, and the communities, each community, they do want a little bit, something a little bit different. So it's just making sure that, you know, are they getting taken care of because, you know, each community matters. Any political observer of municipal government will tell you, you will be one vote on council. I think anyone who's running for council, if they say they're going to fix everything and they have a plan to fix everything is kind of BSing you because you are one vote on this council. And sometimes, and I've asked this to all the other candidates, sometimes ward, your ward will have to go without because you have to look at the betterment of the city. While you were there to represent Ward 10, you also have to have a look at the bigger picture because you have to always be looking at the city of Calgary, but also focusing on your ward. How do you balance that? How do you say, I, I'm here to represent Ward 10, but at the same time, we need to also look at potential things in Ward 4, Ward 3, Ward 11, Ward 12, Ward 5 up north, Ward 9 to the south. And sometimes our ward will have to go without how do you balance that? How do you balance that to say, I, I'm looking after Ward 10, but at the same time, I need to look after the city? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I would I would rely back on my experience. You know, I believe that we need some long-term equitable investments in Calgary. So infrastructure, you know, the green line. That's not exactly in Ward 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But we need that. And that's for the betterment of the city, I'd say. We need sustainable infrastructure, equitable for everyone that's going to live in there. And that's, you know, that would be one of the, you know, one of the examples. You know, I believe in the eventer, event center. You know, we lived in a very young, vibrant city, exciting, you know, Calgary Flames, concerts, festivals, all those things like that people want. You know, we have a very young population. And so... You know, I, I think that, you know, keeping in mind of, you know, we are, you know, we are, you know, building our city. Um, but I would still, you know, what does Ward 10 want? And I'm going to advocate for Ward 10. And like you said, it would be one vote out of 15. Do you, do you see yourself bringing forward ideas that you may not completely agree with? Because we have a very diverse community. I think you know that. And if you go down the street, you're going to hear about 10 different things from 10 different houses on what their top priority is. And sometimes you might get a, hey, I want my sidewalk fixed because it's broken. And at the end of the day, you have to go, well, it's not in the budget. We aren't looking at this area because there's other areas that are in worse shape. But because your residents have come to you and said, I want this fixed, you will have to advocate for them as well. So do you see yourself as a person who can say, yes, I want to advocate for all the issues that Ward 10 brings forward, but also I will say no when I have to because budgetary concerns, budgetary issues. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to say no to people because not everything is going to be fixed right away. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I, I, I have asked this to everyone, but yeah. at the end of the day, a counselor's job is to, to advocate for their citizens, but not everything is going to get done. Uh-huh. I, in, in, a, in a perfect world, it would, uh-huh. but sometimes you'll have to say no because it's not in the budget or it's not a priority at this time. There are other things that are taking priority. How do you envision working in that scenario? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I think, I think talking to, you know, the individual or the group that's, you know, bringing it up and really address that. And, you know, if it's something that is immediate, okay, let's deal with it immediately. Right. And if it's something that can wait, then let's have it wait. And and some have maybe waited for a long time. Uh, but, you know, we, we do got to look at a budget. If, if you guys, if they want to keep the taxes low and we got to keep our budget in check, then this is what you guys want. Right. And this is what it looks like. Right. And and it would take someone to be, you know, take the leadership and communicate and be like, listen, you know, it's not in the budget. And I understand it's inconvenient, but, you know, we we got to we got to work with our budget. And if it's immediate, then we should we should take care of it. If if it's not, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to need you to hang in for a little bit. I know it, it's frustrating, but listen, like, uh, you know, I hear you and, and we're going to, you know, we're going to find the solution. It goes back to one of your key attributes on your brochure here, which is the problem solver, right? Is the fifth, fourth one on the second, second row, second in, it says problem solver. You you pride yourself on being a problem solver because if I'm assuming you wouldn't, you would if you put it on your brochure. In your past, what problems have you solved in that type of situation where people have had to say, you have had to say to people, while we would love to do this, we can't right now because we're in a constraint or it's not a priority right now. I wanted some real life experience from you here. Mm-hmm. I'm, throwing you, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. throwing you on the loop here. Beautiful. I love it. Okay. So, you know, problem solver. Yeah, I got that on my brochure here. And I would say I'm a solution oriented. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't dwell on the problem. I'm not going to, you know you know, be, you know, a victim or whatnot, you know, I do look at solutions and, and let's, you know, be solution oriented. Right. And so that's why I have problem solver. Now, I think, you know, an example, uh, here's an example, and hopefully this answers your question. You know, as a builder, I build houses and I've built in Martaloop, I've built in Killarney, I've built in Renfrew, all these nice affluent communities, you know, and the thing is that I've chosen to build in Albert Park, Radisson Heights, Forest Lawn areas where they need the most housing or at least revitalized housing because if people don't invest into communities, they tend to decay. And so there's a problem there because there's a stigma there, you know, uh, Forest Lawn, Albert Park, Radisson Heights. But the thing is, it's 10 minutes from downtown. And so not a lot of people are going there, you know. And so I say I'm kind of the crazy guy that's doing it. But the thing is, it's not that crazy, you know, because it's 10 minutes to downtown. And I, I went to high school there at Father Lacombe and Bishop McNally. And and so I've been in these areas and it's really it's not that crazy. And it's 10 minutes away. So it's solving the problem where others are not necessarily wanting to go to and, and give it a little bit of time. And, and it's going to be the next. It's right beside Inglewood. It's right. And Inglewood's right beside East Village and Ramsey. So. It's going outwards. It's just on the other side of Deerfoot. So I would say that's that would be solving a problem because the thing is, people aren't, aren't offering diverse housing options, and they want to stay there, but uh, they want to stay in the communities, but nobody's offering it, and they want to 
they, they work by there and they can afford to live in other places but you know the five ten minute five ten minute commute to work is is you know invaluable and so that would be solving a problem it would greatly appreciated for answering that i want you to put yourself on october 19th on october 19th you are the next counselor designate for ward 10 in the city of calgary what is priority number one for you Priority number one would be, you know, building trust again with Ward 10. A lot of people, you know, they haven't, they, they just, they haven't felt trust in, in the city council. So it's number one is, you know, building that trust, building the lines of communication again, and letting them know that we have a city councilor now, as we, you know, right now we don't have one. And well, and, we kind of do. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we, we have, have, we have two technically, we have two, technically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess we have two. Um, so uh, yeah, it would be building the trust again with the people and then having, um, making sure the streets are safe and then start advocating for ward 10. Let's start getting investment back in ward 10. You know, let's re- replenish our community and, and start giving it some attention. And, and we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be left away anymore, left out, you know, look, we have someone and I'm, I'm here to, you know, fight for our community now. Um, as a builder, as a, I'm assuming an entrepreneur as well, um, you know that you have to put in metrics in place to ensure success. Uh, if you're building a project, you have to say metric one is get this done by this time, two done by this time, three done by this time. What are the metrics you're going to put in place for yourself to ensure you have a successful first hundred days in office, first year in office? Because we want if I come back to you in a year time and say, let's sit down, you've been a year in office. Let's talk about what you've accomplished. What are the things that you're going to be able to say? These are the metrics I've accomplished. And these are the things that I'm happy that Ward 10 now has. Mm-hmm. OK, so, you know, what I can see just, you know, here, here on the spot, I would open you know, make sure it's very clear what the community associations want. They're the ones that are in the community. They know the, you know, the, what people want, the, you know, the demands, what's, what's been pressing, what's the pressing matters that have not been dealt with. And what are we going to do? What are we going to work together in the next hundred days? What are we going to get done so that people are trusting in you and me and the rest of the communities and, and that they're going to have their needs met you know, on a, you know, community government level. And, um, you know, yeah, what, 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 is, what, what things have been promised and, and what, and how do we get yeah. these done? Um, I, I want to ask this question and I want you to look at this camera right here because this is going to be edited to do this. Talk to the people of Ward 10 who are listening to this because I do have a lot of listeners in Ward 10. Why should you be the next counselor for Ward 10? All right. Well, Ward 10 constituents. So why should I be the next Ward 10 city councillor? You know, aside from being born and raised in the communities and understanding what people have dealt with and and the struggles and challenges that, the you know, that they've endured. I've been there with them. You know, I grew up in these communities and these neighborhoods. So I understand all that. And also the fact that I do have the cultural lens uh, sensitivity to understand also multi multi levels of understanding people and and um, you know I have a proven track record I'm a, I have a credible resume and I'm a strong candidate for 
for Ward 10. And I'm young and I'm ready to fight for our community. And that's what we need, uh, strong leadership. And as we build our city, you know, as we build the Green Line, we build the event center, there's never been a better time to have the builder in city council. And that's why they should vote for me October 18th. Awesome. Uh, my last question here, though, uh, in order to get to October 19th, in order to get to the first 100 days, you need to be elected. And I'm assuming, like every campaign that I've asked, you need volunteers, you need donors, you need people to help put up signs. How can people get involved? How can people reach out to you? And he, he wrote this down, ladies and gentlemen, he knew this question was coming. How can people get involved? How can people reach out to you and get more information? Because if I have not asked a question that they want asked. How can they do that? Okay. All right. I'm ready for this. So my Instagram is Tony Din 403. So first name, last name, 403. So that's T-O-N-Y-D-I-N-H 403. And my website, TonyDin.ca. You can find my, my platform. You can find my vision. I actually have ideas, what I see for our communities. You can go to my Facebook page, um, vote him in. Tony Din. That's Facebook. And then Twitter, Tony Din 403. And yeah, I'm active on all the channels. And each channel we have, you know, a little bit of different media, but uh, they're all, that's all, you know, ran by me and my, uh, my team. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you be a part of making history. Which, so we've never actually had a Vietnamese city councilor before. And so we're actually working towards making history for October 18th. Um, I want to ask that question because uh, I, I did not know that. And I asked this to someone else who was also, would also be the first uh, woman of color who would be on city council. What would it mean to you and to your family to for someone who came family who came to this country to be elected as the first Vietnamese person on city council? You know, it would be an honor to do that. Um, you know, my 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 um my grandpa, he's in Vietnam. Um he, he would be really proud. Um and uh you know, I I really just want to make my community happy. You know, I want to make the people happy. I want to actually really serve and and make a difference in the communities. And it would mean, you know, really I'm I guess it would be making history and um you know, I, I guess I'm just what I see is like a lot of the Vietnamese people have been really productive in our in our communities. And 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 me, I would just be honored to represent the, the people and the communities. And uh, it would just be really magical. Awesome. Um, I, I'm going to sort of. I know Tony just re uh, listed off and named all his uh social media platforms that I'm going to make it a lot easier for everyone. So you're not scribbling it down for those who are tuning in, watching this live or watching this as it premieres, uh, the links to Tony's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and website will all be in the show notes for those who are listening on the podcast and all the platforms, the links to his Instagram website, Facebook, and Twitter will also be in the show notes and please click on them. Get out engage with your uh, local council candidates but also and I, I i feel like i'm beating a dead horse here but get out educate yourself and vote 
Vote, 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 vote. I can't say it enough. This is the future of our city that we're talking about. And at the end of the day, we want to make sure we have the best people in Paul in at City Hall representing us. Tony, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for coming in, sitting down on this uh, beautiful day. It's our first beautiful cold day. But thank you so much for doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for doing this also. <laughs> Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown Associates. Yeah.